On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Elon Musk lets me know what to expect from the Plaid Model S's range. Rival automakers are terrified by the awesomeness of the full self-driving computer. Good news for standard range and standard range plus Model 3 owners in winter climates and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey with you for episode 238 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. This one for February 23rd, 2020. And there is no Daisy the Boxer puppy next to me today because she is at home. I am uh, coming to you from a hotel room in the Seattle area this week. So as it says on in small print on a lot of Xbox products nowadays, hello from Seattle. Uh, as you can hear, I am thankfully finally getting better. The flu, uh, boy, I, I guess I timed my flu reasonably well because I was still able to get on a plane and make my trip. I'm on a, uh, a two-legged trip right now. I went to Disneyland with my extended family for the uh, President's Day holiday weekend. I want to tell you one little thing about that non-Tesla related towards the end of the show. Uh, and then I came straight to Seattle for some work stuff. So it's been a busy week. I am looking forward to getting home late tomorrow night and seeing my family, seeing Daisy, and kind of just getting back, uh, also getting back into my Tesla because I had just gotten it back. I had it back for like a day with my Hardware 3 computer before I had to (laughs) say goodbye to it for a while. Uh, So that'll be nice. But in any case, uh, one other quick programming note. I am recording, as I warned you last week, it just worked out with my work schedule and my travel schedule. I'm recording on Thursday night here, so my apologies in advance if anything big happens news-wise in the world of Tesla on Friday. I will, of course, cover it on next week's show if indeed anything big goes down. But let me get started with the world of Tesla news. There is, as usual, plenty to cover. First up, Good news if you've been considering a Model S or a Model X. Say hello to the new Long Range Plus Model S as well as the Model X. The Model S clocking in at 390 miles of range and the X 351, which is mighty impressive. Now, this is presumably what Elon Musk referred to on the earnings call about a month or so ago now, when he said this. Um, and, and actually, the, the, the Model S and X uh, actually have more range than we are currently stating on the website. Um, we just haven't uh, gotten around to updating the, the I guess, the EPA certified okay. number. Um, but the actual uh, range of the Model S and X are above what the website says there are. That's true. Yeah. Sorry? Yeah, the existing cars that that are you know, so that are being made. It's actually been that way for it's been that a little bit of time. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we're yeah, it must be in somewhere in the three eighties or something like that. Um person, yeah. If you're curious what they were at, by the way, the Model S long range was at three hundred and seventy-three miles, so three seventy-three to three ninety, and the Model X long range went from three twenty-eight 
to the long range plus at 351 miles. Also part of this, new 19 inch wheels for the Model S as well. These are the same Tempest wheels that were leaked uh, a few months ago, I guess, when somebody in a Model S loaner found them listed under the tire and wheel settings inside the car. Though interestingly here, you can still order with the slipstream, the 19 inch slipstream wheels that Tesla's had for several years now on the S. And when you choose them, it doesn't state a decrease in range. So I would have thought that there is a difference because if you take a look at them, these Tempests definitely have an arrow wheel kind of look to them. And on top of that, the Tesla website used to explicitly state that if you chose larger wheels on the S and the X, there would be a decrease in range. It is currently still showing 390 miles of range, even if you choose the 21 inch twin turbine wheel. So that obviously can't be right. Uh, then again, though, the Model X doesn't have a new wheel type. There are no Tempest wheels for the X, and it's still the long range plus even on the existing uh, 20 inch slipstreams by default. So thankfully, we did get some additional clarity from Elon on this. He said he added via Twitter, quote, many small hardware improvements throughout the car that have been introduced gradually over the past several months. The software just thinks the car is less efficient than it actually is. All S and X cars made in recent months have actually been above stated EPA range, which is what he said on the earnings call. He continues, uh, it will be unlocked soon for free via a software update. How much you get in your newish SRX, quote, depends on when the car was built, as there are many small hardware improvements, so most will be somewhere in between 373 and 390. Model X will also improve by a similar amount, end quote. Uh, the bottom line here, of course, this is awesome. This is, this is so cool. They are now knocking on the door of 400 miles of range, at least certainly in the Model S. And they're probably, go I would bet on them hitting that before the year is out. I mean, we're here in February 2020. I would not at all be surprised if they eke out another 10 miles off of the same 100 kilowatt hour battery pack uh, between now and December 31st. In fact, I would have bet that they would get there on the Plaid Model S that's due out towards the end of this year because we already know that that car is going to have a battery pack larger than 100 kilowatt hours. But when I tweeted about it, Elon kindly corrected me. He replied to me and said, quote, there's a tough performance versus range trade-off. Plaid has absurd performance while holding range roughly constant. So there you go, hence the title of this week's episode. In other words, the ludicrous Model S's range now is 348 miles. The, the larger performance motor uh, does give a hit to the range. It's not 390 and never, never. The, the performance S has always suffered a range hit compared to the standard, uh, the non-performance S. So uh, expect it on the Plaid S to be right around 
that 348 mark that the current performance Model S is at, give or take a few miles. The difference, of course, is that you will have a third motor and a whole lot more power. How much uh, more remains to be seen yet, but I cannot wait to find out more about what that Plaid Model S is going to be capable of. Next up this week, rival automakers did a teardown of the full self-driving computer, aka Hardware 3, and well, they uh, didn't like what they found because it's so impressive. They weren't happy with, uh, not the product, it's not, that, it's not that they were unhappy with the computer itself, it's, it's that they were, what they were unhappy with the situation. This story comes via Nikkei Business Publication, who writes, quote, One stunned engineer from a major Japanese automaker examined the computer and declared, quote, We cannot do it. Industry insiders expect such technology to take hold around 2025 at the earliest. That means Tesla beat its rivals by six years. The implications for the broader auto industry are huge and for some, frightening. There should be nothing stopping Toyota or Volkswagen from doing the same much earlier than 2025, considering their immense financial resources and vast talent pools. But technological hurdles are not the reason for the delay, according to the same Japanese engineer who said, we cannot do it. The real reason for holding off? Automakers worry that computers like Tesla's will render obsolete the parts supply chains they have cultivated over decades, said the same engineer. In other words, Tesla's vertical integration means they can move much, much more quickly than their rivals. As soon as those rivals catch up, Tesla is already several new steps ahead. And remember that. As professionally terrified as this particular engineer was, this story is only looking at the hardware side of of things. As Elon and Tesla have consistently reminded us, full self-driving is even more of a software problem than it is a hardware problem by a long shot, by a long way. And Tesla's lead there in the software department is arguably even larger than the six years that the hardware side of things is, and it's going to continue to widen. And you know why? Well, you know what I'm going to say, because every single Tesla is connected to the mothership at all times, and Tesla gathers more and more data for that neural net every single day. Even though Tesla's fleet is tiny in comparison to other car companies, with Tesla, 100% of the fleet, at least over the past few years, you know, the early, uh, early S's were not, were not um, they didn't have any autopilot hardware at all. You know, it wasn't until Hardware One came along. But anyway, with you know, Tesla's tiny fleet in comparison to other car companies, but 100% of that fleet over the past few years is feeding that autopilot data at all times, whereas roughly 0% of the millions of cars that other car companies ship each year are doing the same. So the gulf is only widening, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. That is wild. Uh, Let's move on to some more good news this week. 
Uh, this is to those of you who own standard range Model 3s as, uh, or a standard range plus Model 3. You can now unlock your second row seat heaters right in your Tesla app on the fairly new upgrades menu screen. And here's uh, good news as well. I think it only costs $300 to do so. That's even better than what I had predicted. I went back and looked it up about 10 or so shows back when this first came up. I had suggested that $500 would, that was what I thought it would cost. So therefore, I obviously think $300 is more than fair. I mean, if you want to break it down, that's $100 per seat in the second row. And it's a one-time lifetime, well, lifetime of you owning the car unlock. Uh, and so that's, that's just great. I think they'll get a lot of takers on that. In fact, I think, you know, the, the fact that Tesla's got this upgrade screen in the app menu now uh, leads me to wonder, well, well, what might be next? And I, I figure the next paid unlock that I think would make sense is the premium sound upgrade for those uh, early run standard range and standard range plus cars that have all of the speakers in the car with just some of them turned off. I'm going to also hazard a guess that if indeed that does come to fruition, that upgrade path, that it will... Uh, that. I'm going to go with $500 on that as well. And if it happens that I'm wrong again, well, hopefully it'll only end up being $300 for that as well. So we shall see uh, how that evolves over time as a, as a monetization thing. In fact, on that note, you know, the other thing about this is that if the car gets traded back into Tesla, they can, like they do with autopilot, go ahead and relock it, relock the seat heaters, and they can use it to generate revenue on the same thing for a second time with the second owner. And you know, speaking of revenue, I wonder if this is going to materially move the needle for Tesla in the revenue department. I mean, I mean, I figure probably not in the short run, but in the long term, it very much could. A quick little thought exercise. I, I, I uh, caveat here by saying I may be way, way off base, but just conservatively speaking, as the fleet grows, let's say Tesla sells 100,000 standard range slash standard range pluses each new year. It's probably more than that of, of the, the breakdown of cars, but let's say 100,000 and let's say 2% of those 100,000 standard range pluses opt to go ahead and buy the seat heater upgrade. That's 2,000 cars at 300 bucks a pop. That's 600 grand a year. And that's being super conservative. If you double either the number of cars or the percentage, it goes way up. And if you happen to double both, if you think I'm just really lowballing it and you double both, then you get a, a much more impressive number of $2.4 million per year at what is really zero cost to Tesla. So good stuff here. I think this is going to be... I, I, and the, re, the only reason that I'm totally on board with this is I think they have priced it fairly. If they priced it unfairly, I would call them out for it and say that it's not a good, uh, fair deal. But I think this is a very fair price. So we'll see... Uh, how this how this affects the business moving forward. Next this week, 
Tesla is, as promised, continuing to make progress in its quest to reduce the amount of earth minerals in its battery packs. According to an exclusive report from Reuters, Tesla is about to hit a milestone in China that's good on both an environmental and financial level. Reuters writing, quote, Tesla is in advanced stages of talks to use batteries from CATL that contain no cobalt, one of the most expensive metals in electric vehicle batteries, in cars made at its China plant, people familiar with the matter said. Adoption would mark the first time for a U.S. automaker, or for, excuse me, for the U.S. automaker, meaning Tesla, to include so-called lithium iron phosphate batteries in its lineup as it seeks to lower production costs amid faltering overall EV sales in China. I'm not quite sure why that's thrown in there because Tesla's sales in China are only going up. Anyway, uh, Reuters continues, Tesla has been talking to the Chinese manufacturer for more than a year to supply LFP batteries that will be cheaper than its existing batteries by a, quote, double-digit percent, said a person directly involved in the matter who was not authorized to speak with media and so declined to be identified, end quote. Well, go figure that a solution here can be both better and cheaper. The lack of cobalt is a big deal. And the fact that these batteries would be at least 10% cheaper, since they just said double digits, at least 10% cheaper, that's going to make a huge difference over the course of the you know, 150,000 or so cars that Tesla can ramp up to per year at Giga Shanghai. They're, they're planning to get to 3,000 cars per week, so that's a, that's a run rate of about 150,000 a year. Now, I wonder if this is a trial run to see how it goes with a cobalt-free battery before perhaps they would look to Panasonic to help them do the same over at Gigafactory 1 in Reno. I also think this could very well be something that we hear about at the upcoming Battery Day in the spring, so stay tuned for that. Finally this week, speaking of Gigafactories... Tesla posted a blog about Giga Berlin, and the really interesting part is about their plans for output there. Listen to this, quote, located in a, uh, excuse me, located at a 300 hectare site in the municipality of Grünheide, construction of Gigafactory Berlin Brandenburg is expected to begin in 2020 with production targeted for 2021. Phase 1 will focus on Model y, on the production of Model Y with a target capacity of 10,000 vehicles per week. We estimate that during Phase 1, we will employ up to 12,000 people with roles being filled by local residents and employees from wider Europe. We want the best talent collaborating and working together to achieve the mission." End quote. You know, I saw a lot of reaction to this suggesting that the plan for phase one of the project was to just come out of the gate right into 10,000 Model Ys per week. And so I think that might be being misconstrued a little bit. It's still a big goal, don't get me wrong, regardless of the timeline of it. But I think phase one is referring to the Gigafactory construction itself, not phase one of car production. In other words, 
I think the total production volume for the Model Y portion of that facility will be 10,000 cars per week. Not that they're eventually going to be doing more than 10,000 Model Ys per week there. I think phase two probably means Model 3 production. So it'll st- I think there's still very much going to be a ramp. You know, they're just not going to immediately start cranking out 10,000 Model Ys per week, but eventually they will, and then they'll move on to other models from there. Even still, if they manage to start producing cars by the end of next year, as they stated in their blog post, and they can ramp to 10,000 Model Ys per week by, say, you know, the end of that first year, the end of 2021 or so, that would mean that Giga Berlin would be contributing about half a million cars per year to Tesla's overall output, and that would be quite impressive. I am eager to see how quickly they can get going out there. Right now, they've just resolved a bit of a back and forth that was happening. There was a court injunction, which just finally got turned over and set aside. So uh, there was there was sort of a, um, let's call it a, a little argument of sorts about the clearing of the trees that currently blanket that site. So that has now been cleared to continue. So that will happen. And then groundbreaking can finally occur and construction can begin. So That's everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news, but stick with me. I've got plenty more to go. Next up, your calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline. Lots of excellent questions, comments, discussion topics as they pertain to all things Tesla. So stay tuned for that right after this. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It is your time to shine. Give me a call anytime. One of two easy ways you can do that. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question or comment. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less. That's a minute and a half. uh, And send that in to me via email at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can call and leave a message on the actual Ride the Lightning Hotline. It's a toll-free number you can call or Skype anytime you want, and that number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And hey, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake, Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let me kick it off with someone who unfortunately did not identify themselves, but wants to ask about Tesla service. Go ahead, caller. You're on the air. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for uh, the podcast every week. It's great. I look forward to it. Uh, Quick comment or uh, question about anything you've heard about Tesla service. I own a Model 3 and a Model X purchased in uh, September 2019. And uh, although the car has been excellent, the X has had a few little issues besides pillar cameras and condensation, as well as a gearbox oil warning light that's come on, which has perplexed the the service department uh, in Boston. 
So uh, that's one thing. The second thing is uh, it seems like getting a hold of service or when you do get service, there have uh, been issues I've heard on, uh, on the forums and I've experienced myself, um, including the, the experience of bringing your car in, at least in the Boston area, Dedham and Watertown, Massachusetts. I live in Maine, um, so it's a haul for me to get down there about two hours, uh, so I can't just pop into a service center. Um, so I just wondering if you've heard anything from Tesla, because obviously without good service, uh, the brand is not going to do well in the long term. Thank you very much for all you do, and take care. I empathize with your frustration. Thank you for your call. Service is the number one thing that I've personally been worried about for a long time. In fact, I had my question read by Elon via Twitter at the 2018 shareholders meeting about this exact topic. The reality is the fleet is growing so fast that as a Tesla owner, I am and somebody that wants to see them do well, I'm concerned that they won't be able to ramp service fast enough to keep up with that growing fleet. And while I am happy to hear Tesla say that they've designed the cars to be as service avoidant as possible and that they can diagnose a lot of issues remotely, the fact is that you still need to have things addressed from time to time. I can't speak to the Boston area service centers, obviously. I can only speak to San Francisco. And my car was there for a week. And my service advisor, thankfully, was great when we met up, walked me through everything clearly, didn't try to rush me. Uh, he asked whether I preferred calls or texts. I chose the latter. And he was also pretty communicative throughout the process, throughout the week that they had the car. Other areas, I'm sure, of the country are better than others, and others, I'm sure, that are worse is... Unfortunately, you seem to be uh, personally experiencing right now. So unfortunately, I don't have anything particularly concrete to offer you. I just hope that putting additional resources into service remains a priority for Tesla. So good luck getting your Model X squared away. Next up is Ron from Nashville reacting to the uh, caller who suggested uh, using and well, actually, the feature that is now happening about how side cameras will factor into the backup camera. Go ahead, Ron. Hey, Ryan. Ron from Nashville, calling in about the um, using the cameras, side cameras for backing up and curb rash. I know most people probably know this, but there are probably some people who don't. But you can adjust your mirrors to be um, down looking at things like curbs when you are in reverse. And the way to do that is to put your car in reverse, set the mirrors, and hit save on your profile. Um, I think when I had my first got my car, it took a few weeks before I realized uh, I could set that, uh, adjust that setting um, to either or both of my rearview mirrors to be pointing down when I'm backing up, and I use it all the time to help avoid things like curbs as I'm backing into a spot. So don't know if that's useful for most people, but um, there may be some people who don't know that they can set their mirrors to look down when they are in reverse. Thanks. Love the podcast. Bye. 
Thank you, Ron. You know, it's good to point out that this is actually a software feature too, tilt on reverse. I use mine for this reason and it's served me pretty well so far, knock on wood. You know, the cameras will only help even more and they might also assist with things like being able to spot check for passing cyclists more easily before you go ahead and open your door. So Ron, thank you as always for your excellent calls. And let me go next to another frequent caller, Rich from Seattle, who wanted to add one more comment on the accident statistics that I talked about a few shows back for autopilot. Rich, go ahead. Hey Ryan, uh, Rich from Seattle here. Love your show as usual. Awesome stuff. Okay, I'll just do the last comment about those uh, accident statistics. Uh, totally right about the quarter-over-quarter quarter differences versus year-over-year, year, but I, I just got to say that we have no idea what the sort of the confidence interval is. So, like, is 1.45 million accidents per million really different than 1.3 or 1.8? It's just hard to tell what those numbers mean. So they can bounce around just because of statistics. And as you point out, there's so few accidents, it's probably a pretty wide range, I would guess. But anyway, as people look at those numbers, I'm not sure uh, you can um, look at them without having some idea of what the sort of randomness that happens naturally is. Anyway, keep it up. Talk to you soon. Bye. Totally fair point, Rich. I suspect that without additional data or context from Tesla, the only thing that might help strengthen the validity of those numbers is time. More and more quarters and more and more years worth of that data should help build a more complete picture or at least a better picture of those numbers. Thank you very much as always for calling in. Eric from Southern Illinois is on deck here. Go ahead, Eric, you're up to bat. Hello, Ryan, this is Eric calling from Southern Illinois. First time, long time. I remember a while ago you chronicling your issues with getting your Model 3 windshield replaced and I thought you might like to hear about my recent experience. On Wednesday, January 29th, a rock from a passing truck put a small star crack in my windshield which then spread almost immediately. I was due to be in Chicago on business for all of the following week, so initially I, I used the app to schedule an appointment with the St. Louis Service Center after my trip. But then I realized that I would be driving my car and it would just sit in the hotel parking lot all week. So I got on the app and canceled the St. Louis appointment and rescheduled it with the Westmont, Illinois Service Center. I picked the date and drop-off time. The next day, the app showed an estimate of $1,017. Since my deductible is $1,000, I did not involve my insurance company. I dropped my car off the night before and they gave me a, loader, a loaner Model S no charge. I was told that they have a night crew at Westmont and that they would probably get to my car. Sure enough, I received the text the next morning about the time that I was originally scheduled to drop off my car that it was done. I went and picked it up that afternoon and the charge was exactly as quoted. I didn't even have to give them a credit card because I used the one on the account to pay. My experience with Tesla was top notch and I could not be more satisfied. It seems Tesla service has come a long way. Anyway, I look forward to the podcast every week. Thanks for all you do. Thank you for your call, Eric. You know, I know that people by nature tend to talk more about the bad experiences. And I think it's important to share those from time to time so that Tesla can hopefully learn and grow and get better. But it's nice to hear about experiences like yours, too, where you and your car were just taken 
excellent care of. The one thing I found particularly interesting about your call was that you said you didn't have to give them your credit card because they use the one on file in your Tesla account. In the past, in my experience, Tesla has taken my credit card and I had even, I remember the very first time I mentioned it and I said, well, why can't I just use the one on my account? And the service folks had said something about that not being in place. So is that a thing now? I, I sure hope so because it would be a nice little extra bit a very welcome convenience. Uh, anyway, Eric, thank you again for sharing your story. And I'm going to go next to Daniel out in Oklahoma with a uh, question slash feature request. Go ahead, Daniel. Hello, Ryan. This is Daniel in Oklahoma. Hey, I got a question for you. Love Tesla. Love driving around in it. Uh, I was with a friend, and they had Android Auto in their car, and I absolutely loved all the different apps that you're able to use in there. Do we know if Tesla is going to let us either get Android Auto or create a wrapper around maybe a Android emulator? That'd be awesome. I know it's all open source and it'd be easily available. The biggest fear I have is I'm guessing Elon Musk may not have an Android phone, so he may never get around to this. Anyway, that'd be awesome. I was really jealous. Love my Tesla, though, and I would never switch which car I have. Thank you, and have a great day. Well, Daniel, I wouldn't get my hopes up anytime soon. The reality is it's never been mentioned by Elon or anyone at Tesla. And for now, Tesla seems content to try and do as much as possible in-house. Remember that even the slacker streaming audio that's in there now might one day get replaced by the Tesla Music service that Tesla first told us that they were building around a year or so ago, I think. Remember that? If you're a newer listener, yes, Tesla has said they, that they have been working on their own service called Tesla Music. So there is that as a thing to possibly look forward to. So I, I will sum up by saying it's certainly not out of the question, not at all, but in my humble opinion, it's probably not on the immediate roadmap. Thank you for your call, Daniel. Josh from Mississippi is up next. Uh, found a cool thing to share about his Model 3, emphasis on the word cool. Go ahead, Josh. Hey, Ryan, this is Josh from Mississippi. Uh, I was just calling in to share kind of a cool thing that I just discovered about uh, the Tesla Model 3. So I was in Tesla getting a repair where they were replacing a tire for me. And they actually had another Model 3 that was getting hardware 3 put in. And when they were doing it, I noticed that they were actually water cooling uh, the computers. And so I didn't realize that it was water cooled. And so I just wanted to share that. That was kind of neat. Thanks. Josh, that is cool. Thank you very much for that. You know, it's really neat to see Tesla employing some serious tech on both the chip itself and the cooling. In fact, of course, your, your call is well-timed to go with this week's episode because as you heard earlier in the show, the teardown of the Hardware 3 chip by a rival automaker's engineer, they were, as they said, they were terrified of it. And so the, the design that really speaks to the strength of the design, which very much includes the cooling. I'll tell you, 
I would have loved to have documented my car's hardware three upgrade. I would have just personally loved to have seen it. And I think a lot of people would have been really interested in seeing that, whether it's you know on my Instagram or just hearing about the quote unquote surgery, the brain, the brain transplant here on the podcast. But alas, I did not get to observe it. But yeah, that's uh, that's really cool. And hardware three is just clearly it's not just Tesla fans that are impressed by it. It's the rest of the industry as well. Next is Mac from Maryland who has a feature idea to suggest. Go ahead, Mac, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. I want to offer a feature suggestion and get both your and your listeners' feedback. It's been wet here on the East Coast, and with my tyres in less than optimal shape, I often go to chill mode so I don't lose the rear end on acceleration. So an upcoming traffic light was turning yellow, and I knew I wouldn't make it in time to stop in the wet conditions. So I did what all good Tesla drivers do. I put my foot flat to the floor and called on the Tesla guards to give me all that wonderful talk. Of course, nothing happened, and I sailed through the intersection at an almost leisurely pace with a very dark shade of yellow light there indeed. So this is the second time this has happened to me. The first EV I had was a BMW i3, and no matter what kind of eco mode you had the motor in, when you put your foot flat to the floor, it dialed instantly to full power. So it overrode whatever mode it might have been in previously. So I'm wondering if this same ability would be something other Tesla owners might also find a helpful feature on their Tesla. Thanks. Well, hi, Mac. You know, I see where you're coming from on this. I'm trying to think of how this could go wrong. And I don't mean that to say that I'm actively trying to poo-poo your idea. It's just that when you're dealing with acceleration, particularly Tesla-powered instant torque acceleration, you've got to think through the potential hazards. I mean, maybe there's a way that it could be done safely. Like, I don't know, if you you really slam the pedal to the floor, I don't know. I I will leave it to the audience to give their feedback on this and see if we can uh, collectively workshop a way for this to work uh, well and work in a safe way as well. Thank you very much, Mac. We're going to go next to Kerry in Chino Hills uh, about a, uh, an old topic that we used to talk about a whole lot and these days don't hear too much about anymore. Kerry, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. It's Kerry from Chino Hills, California, and I have a question about the day one uh, reservation holders on the Model 3 back March 31st of 2016. I waited in line that day for five hours, uh, basically slept in the mall in Brea, and was one of the first people through the door to put down the $1,000 deposit for the car. Elon had promised that people who... Uh, where first-day adopters would get um, a gift. That gift turned out to be a die-cast car, as far as I know. Um, When I picked up my car in September of 2018, I asked where the gift was, and they said that I would get it in the mail. Well, it never came, so I contacted my service advisor uh, through email, and she said that they would look into it. Never heard anything waited a few months, 
decided to email her again, asked where it was, would it be coming, how would I get it. Never got anything. Um, I don't want to keep emailing because it just seems like that's not really going to work. Does anyone know how to get one of these? I know you can buy one, but I was supposed to get one free, and I kind of feel like I earned one waiting in line that long on that day one. So if you have any ideas or the listeners have any ideas, um, go ahead and let me know. Ah, day one Model 3 reservations. I, it's funny, I used to almost self-identify by saying that. Like, yeah, I'm a model, I'm a day one Model 3 reservation holder, but yeah, you don't, we don't, now that pretty much everybody who had a reservation from back then has got their car, it's, uh, it's not something you hear too much about anymore. It brings back good memories. Uh, anyway, Carrie, if it makes you feel any better, I never got one either as a, as a fellow camped out overnight day one reservation holder. It seems like Tesla ran out of those die cast cars honestly, a bit quicker than they should have. And it seems like that if you didn't take a first production delivery, you know, the the long range rear wheel drive, as neither you or I did, you were a bit out of luck. And and I I honestly think uh, that unfortunately those, those die casts are long gone now. But hey, I'm happy to put your call out there in the event that somebody from Tesla hears this and maybe knows something I don't about another round of those that still have to go out to people or what have you. And if anybody from Tesla wants to email me or call in to give me some updated information on that, I would happily welcome it. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Plenty more. In fact, two more calls to go on this week's show. Austin from Harrisburg, Ohio is up next. Go ahead, Austin. Hey, Ryan. Austin here from Harrisburg, Ohio. Quick question for you. I'm a first-time caller, long-time listener. I love the show. Um, I actually don't own a Tesla, but I I hope to own one very soon. And I I had a question about regenerative braking, just in general. So I've I've driven one a few times, and I've done the regenerative braking. But I've also driven behind Teslas several times. In fact, I was behind one um, on my way home from work right now, which is what prompted me to call. And Every once in a while, I'll see them when they are uh, when they slow down relatively quickly, and the brake lights they don't come on. I'm wondering is that is that happening during regenerative braking? Like, do the brake lights not activate when you just let go of the gas? Do you have to actually touch the brake for the brake lights to come on? Um, if so, do you think that's something they'll change, especially when they uh, when they release that new mode where you can, the single pedal driving mode where you can be going um, full speed to stop just by releasing the gas pedal. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Once again, I love the podcast. Thanks for doing it. You make me feel part of the uh, the Tesla family, even though I don't own one yet. So thanks a bunch. Austin, welcome to the podcast and thank you very much for the kind words. So the single pedal driving update is out. Uh, you will have it to look forward to on the day that you do take delivery of your Tesla. As to regenerative braking, In my experience and observation, they're pretty good about the brake lights coming on when they need to come on. If they don't come on, like in the example that you described, it pretty much has to be because the driver is still pressing the accelerator ever so slightly, even as the car is still slowing down. Um, You can really get pretty precise with the pedal as I'm sure you're going to find when you get a chance to spend even more time behind the wheel. So I hope that helps. 
And honestly, I really hope your delivery day comes soon. Hang in there. You will get your time, and it is going to be every bit worth the wait. It certainly was for me. Finally this week, last and most certainly not least, Ed from St. Louis reacting to the idea of Gigafactory Texas. Go ahead, Ed. Hi, Ryan. This is Ed from St. Louis. And I had a uh, discussion topic or a question, I guess you could say, about uh, the upcoming potential Giga Texas. And uh, we all have uh, maybe seen that Volvo has a delivery option that's called Overseas Delivery, I believe, where you go to Europe and uh, get your Volvo and get to do a drive around with your vehicle, and then it gets shipped back uh, to the United States. What if Giga Texas had something where you could go do the cyber delivery option? where you could have the Cybertruck delivery experience and uh, do some off-roading in a controlled environment. And then uh, Tesla doesn't have to ship the truck out across the United States. Uh, thought that would be an interesting idea and uh, look forward to hearing other people uh, people's ideas on that. Take care. Love the podcast. Well, Ed, if indeed Giga Texas does come to be, and if my hunch about Tesla building Cybertrucks there ends up being proven correct, then yes, I would love to see exactly what you proposed. Tesla could easily make a really cool experience out of it. In fact, they could charge for it. They could make it a paid experience and use it as an extra interesting little revenue generator, uh, similar to the way that they're doing right now with the rear seat heater unlock in the in the standard range plus cars that I talked about near the top of the show. I mean, you could do the off-roading adventure that you mentioned. That's certainly one viable option. I mean, I'm hoping that Tesla also does something similar to this for the next-gen Roadsters in Fremont. Uh, I have a, a, a fantasy about them giving owners of those cars a chance to zip around Tesla's private test track for a bit, because that's private. You cannot, even if you're an owner, you cannot go back there. You can't bring your car back there and run it around. You know, you've got to, it's for Tesla use only. So that stuff like that, those experiential kind of things like you're talking about, Ed, I think are great and they're, they're super memorable for customers. And I think they help build a lot of enthusiasm and excitement and loyalty and I am just all for it. So, Ed, thank you once again for calling in, and thank you to everybody for calling in this week. I have got, I've been watching my, my inbox uh, while, I was, uh, while I've been away, and you know, I, I purposely set it up so that I wasn't gonna do any work, either ride the lightning or day job, uh, while I was at, uh, on my Disney trip with the family, and boy, have your phone calls piled up which I appreciate. I think it's great that everybody is kind enough to take the time and the, the thought to call in and, and want to be a part of the podcast. So I've got plenty of calls to catch up on. But if anything that you heard this week uh, strikes any inspiration within you to respond to something and generate an idea, discussion topic, question, whatever it is, you can call in anytime you like using either of those two easy methods that I mentioned at the top of this segment. So stick with me. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Disney. One thing in particular, again, not Tesla related, but 
Uh, it probably is of interest. I think we probably all share a lot of uh, pop culture similarities, uh, a lot of fellow Star Wars fans out there. So anyway, I'll talk a little bit about that when I get back. I do have the pro tip of the week lined up next, as well as some other uh, closing thoughts for you here in just a few minutes. So stay tuned for all of that. Well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I have been away from my car all week, but at least I have been having fun as I (laughs) recover from the flu. But yes, uh, no spoilers here, but if you get a chance to go to Disneyland or Disney World, the Rise of the Resistance ride, the new one that they just opened, is it is every bit it somehow lived up to the hype of all of my coworkers and friends that have that have gone so far. It is an incredible ride experience. My goodness, I don't want to ruin any of it for you, but I'll just say that it is it it's what's so amazing about it. It for first of all, my entire family. So I went, there were eight of us in our group. It was uh, my brother-in-law and his wife and their three kids and my wife and I and our daughter. So we have eight of us. And my daughter is not super keen on a ton of the rides. There's, you know, she's, she won't do Splash Mountain. She's, you know, kind of, which is fine. You know, it's, it's all right that she's uh, not wanting to do that stuff yet. But this ride, you know, we just went on and, and none of us knew exactly what to expect. All eight of us loved it because like some of the rides, like even my wife gets a little motion sick on like Star Tours and my brother-in-law, there's stuff he doesn't like. But this thing, everybody not only enjoyed it, everybody loved it. it I think the genius of it is that it mixes, instead of relying on one cool trick like most of the rides do, you know, like the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, it just drops, goes up and down, you know, it flings you up and down. And then Splash Mountain, you know, drops, sends you on these these drops, these water log drops. But this thing, Rise of the Resistance, my goodness, it mixes, it, it's like Disney empties, the, the Imagineers empty their entire bag of tricks into one experience. It mixes dark room stuff, it mixes projection technology, it mixes uh, animatronics, it mixes live cast members playing a part. It mixes huge set pieces. It even mixes, uh, it mixes in motion simulator stuff. It's, it's just, uh, it's, it's insane. All the pieces that, that have gone into this thing. It even makes smart use of, of mixing indoor elements and outdoor elements in a way that most of the other rides don't. I mean, it is, it is really something special. So if you have a family trip, a planned trip to, to one of the Disney parks coming up, you know, currently it's a big hassle to try and get access to this ride. You have to, everybody gets on their phone right when the park opens and, and the, the passes for the entire day, they're called boarding groups. They get handed out in a, in a minute. It's all gone in one minute and you know whether or not you're going to get on the ride for the day. It's worth the hassle. My goodness, was it fun. So anyway, that's my aside about that. Let's get back to some Tesla talk with the pro tip of the week. This one coming to another regular caller. Great to hear from Bob in Austin. Bob, go ahead. Hello, this is Bob from Austin with a small semi-pro tip. 
the other day I was at a park where the speed limit was 15 miles an hour. And I wanted to set my cruise control to 15, but as you know, you can't enable cruise control unless you're over 18 miles an hour. Well, as I approached the 15 sign, I was doing about 20. I set the cruise control, it caught, and then I'm able to lower the speed down to 15. In fact, I was able to lower it down to 5 as an experiment. So if you ever have a need for a cruise control at lower than 18 miles an hour, you can set it at the 18 and then lower it down to whatever you need. Thanks a lot. Bob, that is a handy workaround. Thank you very much for your call. I like that one. All right, my friends, before I go, I would like to plug a few friends of the podcast. Uh, you can, we can do each other some favors. I'm going to mention some cool stuff. And if you use the links that, uh, that I get, then, that I give you, then uh, they, they cut a couple bucks my way in, uh, in uh, a couple of these situations. So help me help you, and I'll help you help me. It's, it's, <laughs> it's all in good, good friendship. Uh, I'll start with Abstract Ocean, abstractocean.com. Excellent line of Tesla accessories for you and mostly for the car. But, you know, the lighting kits, the tempered glass screen protectors, the center console wraps, the Roadster-style TESLA lettering that you can get for the back of your Model 3, which I've seen can look really good. I've, I've st- I really like the look of that when it's, uh, when it's installed nicely. So all that stuff plus a lot more can be found at abstractocean.com. I encourage you to take a look over there. Uh, see, you know, just get everything you want to get into your cart at once because you've got a one-time use code. First-time customers get a 15% discount by using the coupon code RTLPODCAST. All one word, RTLPODCAST for that 15% discount. Thank you to Abstract Ocean for continuing to maintain that discount for Ride the Lightning listeners because I'm lucky. I'm always getting new listeners, so there's always people that, uh, that can be taking advantage of that first-time offer. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections. Jeff taking awesome care uh, at a great exchange with a listener this week who's getting pretty much the, the whole nine yards done to his Model X uh, from Jeff at Immaculate Reflections. I love hearing about that stuff, and uh, I, I am eager to see some pictures of how that, that X turns out. But if you are interested in ceramic coating and or paint protection film, Immaculate Reflections also running a bit of a discount for listeners of this podcast, uh, $100 off of any ceramic coating package or, not and, or, Uh, any paint protection film package, unless that is you choose to do the full body paint protection film, in which case the discount there is $250. So that's good stuff. You can get in touch with Jeff at Immaculate Reflections to get on his schedule now. He does book up. Now's probably the time because he has told me that once the spring rolls around, he really starts to get a lot busier. So uh, if you're thinking about it, it can't hurt to at least get in touch right now. His website and uh, thus his contact can be had at irdetailing.com and you can see examples of his work there or on his Yelp or Instagram. On Yelp, he's yelp.com slash immaculate reflections and on Instagram, his handle is immaculate underscore reflections. How about puretesla.com slash RTL? Everybody needs a 
solid, one-stop, reliable solution for your dash cam for sentry mode. I sure did. Pure Tesla's got you taken care of with a micro SD based solution that is designed for the constant reading and writing that, that sentry mode and the dash cam do that, that USB just isn't designed to handle, USB memory. So uh, puretesla.com slash RTL. It's a turnkey kit. You order it, it shows up in the mail, free shipping in the U.S., although they will also ship anywhere worldwide for a, for a mild, uh, you know, small fee, small shipping fee if you're, if you're international. But uh, they'll sh- it'll ship right to you, and it, the, you just plug it straight into the car. You don't have to do anything. $49 for the 128-gig kit or $69 for the 256-gigabyte kit. Works with Mac or PC. No worries there. Again, puretesla.com slash RTL. And then that uh, leaves Jada, the Jada wireless charging pad for Model 3. And and there's also the Jada USB hub, if you'd like either or both of those, which uh, both of which I have in my car and I'm super happy with. Particularly, I mean, for me, if you got to go one or the other... Because they're, uh, you know, they're not cheap, but they're you spend the money once and then you've got them for the life of the car. It's a hundred bucks for the wireless charging pad, eighty for the USB hub. And anyway, um, if you want to grab either of those, please use this link. It's getjada.com/ref/eight. Jada spelled J-E-D-A. That link will take you to the Jada website where you can order either or both of those products should you desire. And, uh, of course, you can subscribe to the podcast for free, of course, via any of your favorite preferred podcast services, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. I'm on TuneIn, which is in your Tesla. Again, do a voice search for, uh, say, uh, Search for Ryan McCaffrey Podcast. That's what'll uh, pull it up in your car. And then also YouTube. Again, no video, but the audio, the show is on YouTube as well. If you prefer to listen there, search out Ride the Lightning Tesla Podcast and you will easily find my YouTube channel. Uh, So subscribe there. That way that a new show just gets pushed to you each time one is released rather than you having to remember each week to go and check for a new episode, which of course, new episodes come down the pipe every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, or a little earlier if you are backing me on Patreon, one of the little perks I can offer on Patreon, which of course is the site that is, uh, is for supporting creators. So if you feel that I have earned your support, I would sincerely appreciate Uh, If you would take a look at my Patreon page, which can be found at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. And there are different little perks and bonuses that I've built in based on the amount that you're supporting me at the uh, there. uh, And the, the first bonus is the aforementioned early access. So in this case, I'm recording on Thursday night. So my kind Patreon supporters will get access to the show a day earlier than they even normally do. So I hope uh, I hope folks appreciate that. There's also the monthly bonus episode at the next tier up. And then there's the Patreon producer shout out at 
the next tier after that, who all, you know, the, and each, the higher the tier, you get everything from the high tiers. Anyway, I want to give that shout out now to the Patreon producers, uh, including the latest one. John, please correct me if I'm mispronouncing this, but I believe it's John Scarpacci. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. John, thank you so much for your Patreon pledge. I sincerely appreciate it. And I want to also say a big shout out and thank you to the remainder of the Patreon producers. This is the crew. We've got Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Michael Lester, Robert Merrickle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lars Hoffman, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Chris Konesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Aaron Appleby, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Scott Gillis, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, Richard Folkers, Matt Kalen, Trenton from Myrtle Beach, Lisa Kaz, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, and Mar- uh, excuse me, Mark Eversall and Ish. Thank you all so, so much for your continued support. Every little bit helps. It all adds up and makes for a, a substantial difference in my life that really allows me to continue to take the time and energy to just keep putting into this week after week. I do love it, but your support uh, really does make a big difference. So thank you all so very much. That will wrap it up for episode 238 of Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. I hope you're all doing very well. I hope none of you have the flu. I am happy to be getting past it. Still waiting for my sinuses to clear out. My goodness, but it's been a bit of a rough go, but hey, it's, it could be worse. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not going to complain. I am happy to be able to do the show each and every week. It means a lot to me that you guys take the time to listen. So thank you all so much for your time, for your attention, for your support, whether it's on Patreon or whether it's just listening. It all matters to me and it all means a lot. So thank you all so much. Happy electric motoring and I'll see you all next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.